Welcome, everybody, to the podcast show, Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. This is Steve Ramone, your host, and I am so excited. It's a good friend of mine I met a few years ago out of the UK, so I'm excited. It's an international podcast. That's it. And Ernie is, it's Ernie Boxel. I want to say his full name. I never want to forget that. He's a storyteller, and he's the founder of Ernie Said. Welcome to the show, Ernie. Thank you, Steve, and thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're very here. welcome. You're welcome. You fit the mantra of a servant's heart. I've talked to you many times, and we've yeah. introduced many people to you. Why Ernie Said? Speaking Academy for Inspired Dialogue said. And my background in business originally was in exercise and in shiatsu therapy, which meant that I touched people. And I learned very quickly that to be able to touch people, they had to know, like, and trust you. And one of the best ways for people to know, like, and trust you, I found was through this, what I call my audible business card. If I went to a network meeting where there were accountants, lawyers, solicitors, I could give them a normal business card mm -hmm. with the set of words on. And then the next week, I might be with plumbers, tradesmen, but I'd give them the same business card with the same set of words on. But with this, I could change the words at the meeting. I could change the tone of the words. And so it was really my authentic business card. It was the way people got to know me was through my presentations. Very interesting. The mouth is your business card. Yeah. Never heard that before. And, you know, within phone, and, and thank you for yeah. being a client, you know, we have to have something to give them. But I didn't think about, that's interesting. So I can imagine that can be done anywhere in the world. Absolutely. It's, in fact, as you know, Steve, I, as a storyteller, I ran a small business in Leamington Spa in England called Storytelling Corner, where I invited storytellers, authors, poets, musicians to tell a story to a live audience. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and the venue closed down. And I thought that would be the end of Storytelling Corner until I found a group called the Worldwide Virtual Storytelling Guild on Zoom. So instead of me telling my story to 25 to 30 people in Leamington Spa, I started to tell it around the world in these little boxes. Little boxes that work very well, don't they? Absolutely. It. I'm probably now more well-known in America than I am in England. <laughs> we, we both know through the Happy Neighbor Project. Right, right. So I was... You know, you did my story, but I want the audience out there. Let's go through a five minute journey of what you do and yes. use me as your as your person, your avatar. Let's go through that. So I'm I'm a, you know, you're going to tell my story. Let's walk through that journey. 
Well, I, I first thing I say to all of my guests is that we're going to take their story from before they were born to where they are now, and we'll talk about all the lessons in between. And so the first question I ask all of my guests is, do you know how your mother and father met? And I'll answer that with, I don't know. Ah, so I would say, well, are your mother and father alive? My my dad's passed, but my mom's still alive. Well, ask your mother, because that's your story from before you were born. That's where your story actually started, is with you. Because the reason is, Steve, let me tell you my story from my, my, how I was born. My father, in the Second World War, was with a regiment called the Royal Warwickshires. But he was an athlete. And they used him as their sporting mascot. He would play soccer for the battalion. He played rugby for the battalion. He ran for the battalion. But most importantly, he boxed for the battalion. And you know what the army's like. The boxers, supreme. And so he ate with the officers so that he could keep his strength up, and he never drank. Two years after the war finished, he came to a place called Nuneaton to meet a friend, and they went into a place called the Granby Arms for the first time, and he drank three pints, and he started to feel a little bit heady. So he said to his friend, I'm going outside. So he went outside, tripped, and knocked a woman over. My mother. Oh, my gosh. Now, imagine, Steve, if, if he'd have had two pints or if he'd have gone to the toilet instead of outside, I wouldn't be here. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, wow, that's eye-opening. You don't think about that. That's, I can see. So what's the next step? Okay, now we know your mother yeah. and father have met, how they met. Yeah. What's the next step? Story from one to ten. Because... It's a story, if I can just digress a little bit, Steve. Yes. I am a shiatsu practitioner. And when a client comes to me for the first time, one of my questions is, what's your first memory? Now, a lot of people will say, oh, I remember when I was four in the back garden and the, I'm playing with my brothers. But there are some people, Steve, that go, um, and their heads drop. Uh, I remember when I was 13. You think 13? There's no memory before 13. Remember, this is the first time they've seen me. Perhaps after two or three visits, when they've learned to trust me, so often they said, actually, when I was eight, I was raped. I was abused. That story had been trapped inside them. And what I said to them was, look, that story's out now. There's a space in there for the stories that are going to happen. That story, you had no control over the way or the attitude you took to it, but the story that's going to happen, you can now decide whether or not it makes an effect on you positively or negatively. 
That space is open, which again is the importance of stories. To get them out. Yeah. And you get them out, opens the space in your brain, which brings in more stories, which just adds to your life. Or more importantly, Steve, it opens a space in the heart. Because this story of being raped has been absolutely locked in there. And it may have affected how the people have connected with so many other people. Mm -hmm. I've been raped. I can't trust anybody. Suddenly, I believe that when they tell the story, that's when the healing starts. Until they tell the story. And it's the same with business, I find, Steve, that if you can tell a really good business story, that's when the opportunities start to come in. You know, Ernie, I was just going to say, this is why I, audience, why I had Ernie on. We've all heard the phrase, ads tell, ads tell, stories sell. It gives more business. And I love that you work on the personal because I believe the personal is part of your business. Absolutely. Audience, this is what he's doing. He's helping you grow your business with these stories, correct? Is that yeah, absolutely, right? Steve. Okay. You know that the channel is called No Story Stagnates on YouTube and a podcast. And I've had so many business owners who have talked about, let's face it, when you say to someone, tell me the story of what happened to you when you were 20, quite a few stories are a bit traumatic. It's It's a... You know, you, you're just leaving college, university, you're going out into the business world. Quite a lot of traumatic stories happen at 20. But you've survived them. You're 30 now, you're 40, you're 50. You've survived them. And you can tell people how you've survived them, the lessons you've learned. And I would almost say you can guarantee there's somebody listening that is either going through the story or has gone through it. Right. And now they will be the people that say, contact you and say, I heard your story. It means something to me. Can we have a one-to-one? You don't even have to chase those people. They'll come to you. Sharing is healing. Yeah. God bless you, Ernie. This is, we've talked many times and we're getting deeper into what you do. And yes, you're bringing up so much great information. Uh, and by the way, audience, his contact information is going to be in the show notes. Please reach out to him. Ernie's, he's always available. He's gracious with his time. He's here to help. So with Ernie said, what have you learned from a book that's helped you grow this business? Well, there's a a couple of, I'm uh, an avid reader of books from storytellers, obviously. Uh, There's a a book right on it here from Peter Goober, Tell to Win. And it's all about business owners who told stories that pushed their business forward. And there are so many books, but perhaps one one book that people might be surprised by is that one of the first books I ever read was a book called Anthem 
by Ayn Rand. And this was a book written, I think, in the 30s about a world that was split just into five zones. And each zone was controlled by a central committee. And there were no individuals. Everybody was controlled by the central committee. Isn't that the way the world is trying to move now? Wow, that's interesting that you said that. Yes. So this is a fictional book, correct? Yeah. It's not really. Well, she wrote then, she wrote Atlas Shrugged. Have you heard of that one? Yes. And how 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 close to happening is that now? The logistics in America, the establishment, you know, that's just, again, that's another story. Yeah. But what I'd love to say, Steve, if I can, is yes. that I think it's time for business owners to speak out. Yeah, I'll put my hands up. I've been blocked from LinkedIn because of some of the views. No, I wasn't abusive. I just put, I answered back people that had different views to mine. Um, I've been put into jail by Twitter on about three to four. The last Twitter, not this one, <laughs> Facebook. But I, I understand I'm, I'm in my 70s. And I'm perhaps at an age where I'm thinking, I don't give a damn. I've got to fight for my grandkids, their freedom. But I think it's going to become incumbent on business owners to take that chance to speak out. They may get banned. But I always say, what did your grandfather or your father do in the Second World War? He left his business. He did. Yep. That's a great point. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Stories can be good and bad, right? Absolute. You said something interesting to me, avid reader. Yeah. Why are you an avid reader? Storytellers need to read. Storytellers have to read. Where do we get our ideas for stories from? Where do we get? For instance, if I can tell you, Steve, every Saturday night at six o'clock and eight o'clock, I become Wilfred, the warden, and I'm a ghost guide around one of the most haunted houses in England. (laughs) The point is, this house was built in 1480. It's still standing. Shakespeare drank in the house when it was called the Three Tons Tavern. In 1642, in the first battle of the English Civil War, which took place 10 miles from the house, the parliamentarian troops, some of them, mobilitated in this house. And every Saturday night, I have to take people around the house in the dark and tell them about all the people who have died there. And I have to make it entertaining as well as educational. And I can do that because I've got something called the four P's, Steve. The four P's of perfect presentations. You prepare, you practice, 
you get your posture right and then you perform. Now, that doesn't matter whether it's a 60 second network pitch or a three day workshop. You prepare it. And then you practice it. And then those two will give you the right. Have you ever seen someone deliver a great presentation with their hands in the pockets or their shoulders up here? Posture. But then you've got to perform. Even in a 60-second presentation, you've got to entertain as well as educate. And that's the four Ps, audience. Remember that, the four Ps. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Again, reach out to get more information about this. So what you're telling me, Ernie, is storytelling would be good for a business owner or a business salesperson, right? Absolutely. But to be a good storyteller, you need to be an avid reader. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yes. Even That's if, a great tip. Even if it's only reading everything that you're selling, you know, get the nuts and bolts of what it is you're selling. But then you can't go into a business owner and just tell them the nuts and bolts. You've got to put a story behind those nuts and bolts, yeah. how, how they became nuts and bolts. Yeah. That, that's so true. And it's interesting. This is doing business with a servant's heart audience. This is doing personal with the business hearts, what Ernie's talking about. So if you need personal help, Ernie's here yeah. to help. You know, we're talking about business, but I've always said in my podcast, take care of yourself, which is what you do, Ernie. Yes. Those stories and getting stuff out, your business yeah. is going to thrive. Nobody will argue that, right? No. no. That's right. There is a health point of a health benefit to it as well, Steve. How many people that you do you know who are uncomfortable facing a live audience? Who are perhaps the words they would use to describe their emotions as their time to speak approaches is sleepless nights, anxiety, dread. But if you can become more comfortable, more confident when you face that live audience, that's going to do how, what's that going to do for your self-esteem, your confidence? And it is a learned skill. Few of us were born to perform on a stage. We learn. We were talking about that yesterday. Think of a newscasters. I don't know what you call them in the UK, yeah. but yeah. you know, people doing the news. Even though they're reading a the teleprompter, the posture, the practice, yes. your four P's still have to come in, in the player. Yeah. They're not going to be working that job anymore. Oh, this, right. is, this is so powerful. Audience, you, you just got to take this in. This is something unique. It's why I want Ernie on. There's not a lot of people doing it. I, there's nobody I know. I know there's a lot of people talk about stories. But there's nobody yeah. doing teaching you speaking with a story behind it. Uh, you know, when we first met, I was thinking, you know, storytelling. Yeah, I know that, but how can he how can he help? Let's talk to the audience about your favorite one or two business tips that can help them. Because yeah. what I want them to leave is Ernie's the man, because you are the man. And and what they can learn and, and go from there and move forward in their life, whether it's personally or business-wise. Yeah. Two things, Steve. First of all, 
get the audience or the audience write down four P's. Prepare, practice, posture, perform. But then I've got a system called 54321. Five questions to ask about whether or not listening to a listening to a speaker is worthwhile. You ask, who is he? Who am I? Who am I to him? Who is he to me? Why now? But there's three questions. When you give a presentation, and I'd love to get back in touch with your audience, and perhaps you, Steve, in two days' time, my first question would be to you, Steve, what did you like about the way I delivered this presentation? The second question would be, what would you change? But the third and most important question everybody should ask after a presentation is what do you remember? What do you remember about what I spoke about? Because if nobody remembers anything in two days' time, I've wasted my time. Some have you just got a minute, Steve? One minute. Sometimes I open a presentation like this. And then perhaps three, four, five weeks later, I see someone that's been in the presentation, been in the meeting, and I'll ask them what they remember. They probably can't remember a word I said, but say, you're the chap that played the flute. Yeah, that gives me an opportunity to talk to them about what it was I was talking about. And I would say that's why I would say to everybody, when you give a 60-second presentation, perform. Don't just give it. Give it from the heart. Give it from, give it everything you've got. It's important. 